0: Welcome to Control Intelligence, a control design podcast that goes deep inside the automation and technology that machine builders, system integrators, and end users rely on to keep production humming efficiently. Thanks for joining us today for the Control Intelligence podcast. I'm your host, Anna Townsend, and I'm talking again with Brian Porozic and Tim Finnerty from Clayton and McKirby. We've done two podcasts so far, talking about how to prepare for business post pandemic and what companies can do now to think about the future. These accounting experts work closely with many industrial automation businesses and they share their tips with us about what's available through programs like the CARES Act and other government funding and how businesses can focus on their own internal processes to prepare for the future. Today, Brian and Tim will talk more about why now may be the time to develop new products and services, yes, even during a pandemic. Hi, Brian and Tim. Welcome back again to the Control Intelligence Podcast. Glad to be back. Great to be with you again, Anna. Thanks for being here. So we've already talked with you guys about how to use cash forecasting and data analytics for long-term strategic planning, uh, especially to help businesses during the post-pandemic time. Today, we'd like to talk about how companies can focus on developing new products and services or buying and selling assets even, even during the pandemic. So, what are some circumstances that make it possible for companies to develop new products and services when business is slowed or changing so rapidly because of the pandemic? Yeah,
1: so we hit on the this a little bit in the past couple uh podcasts but but really you know when when we're looking at trying to examine new applications for existing products or or trying to develop improved products or new products you know. We, we have to think about the talent that we have and during this pandemic, it definitely has seen a lot of reduction in the opportunities for new business and, and growth for a lot of our clients. So during this time, you know, you have a lot of smart people that are sitting on the bench, not being able to be billable. And this is the opportunity, you know, for them to work together to try to come up with new ideas, new products that can have long term lasting effects on the company. You know, it's something that allows them to have a an advantage once we come out of this post pandemic. You know, so it's it's really looking at are there product features that, that you've been waiting to do or adding on onto the company or onto its product line to help with growth in the future. What are those little things that that you that you can do. You know, is it something that you're making it easier to access, you know, your your system by putting some sort of automation or additional data on it. I know we had a few clients look at additional cybersecurity type of items onto their control systems. Adding new automation to that area can also increase profitability in the future. So creating ways of doing things a lot smarter and more efficiently.
0: Manufacturers in many in- industries have been hampered by supply chain issues during COVID-19. How are automated solutions helping companies deal with these supply chain disruptions?
2: You know, they're they're really tackling a couple different issues in, you know, on our current supply chain. So I think you, you think about it on one side, you just have the manufacturing end, right? where something has to be produced or manufactured at some location before it can even get into the supply chain. So the virus can travel 6, 12, 18 feet regardless. When you think about most manufacturing environments, you have people who are coming in closer contact than that. So one of the things that people have really looked at here as part of this is the spacing of of people within a plant, right? So do you have do you have enough room for people to be in the facility working together, not necessarily side by side, you know, far enough apart that, that they're not potentially, you know, uh, contaminating uh, one another. Uh, so, how do you now take an assembly process that used to have people standing every two to three feet and now spread that out to six to eight feet, something like that? And automation is one way you can do that. That could be, a, you know, a robot that's moving apart from one spot to the next or, you know, even having some sort of a you know, an autonomous uh, mobile robot that's taking parts from one spot to another. So that's one way that automation is helping improve the supply chain. So the, the, the plants can continue producing products and therefore you still have material flowing through the pipeline. Uh, the second way, you know, and we, we kind of touched on this a little in the, in the last podcast, but, you know, automated delivery and movement of product from, From one vendor to the next and then to the final customer. You know, I think Uber Eats and DoorDash and Grubhub, I mean, have been around for a long time, but people never utilized them the same way that they use them today. And and so it'll be interesting to see how, how things like that will impact, you know, supply chains and businesses going forward that, you know, as, as more the, the autonomous vehicle technology becomes more prevalent and starts getting out on the road more, can you have automated Delivery vehicles, or like the uh, you know the Amazon drones that we've heard about for a long time that'll you know be delivering packages to people. One of the limitations we had in the supply chain during the pandemic was you needed people to deliver the products, and with you know lockdowns and reduced you know hours and reduced headcounts and things like that, you only had so many people and they could only work so many hours a day. Well, you know if you have an automated vehicle that pulls up into a distribution warehouse gets loaded with products and then drives out the door, the only thing that's really limiting you is the battery life of that vehicle. And so it could continue traveling as long as it doesn't need to recharge. So there's there's another uh, area where automation solutions could potentially help uh, prevent supply chain disruptions in the future.
1: And uh, one other point there that that Brian brought up, You you talk about the mobile autonomous robots that can help and keep the six feet apart in plants. But the the interesting thing about thinking about that is you probably can have somebody controlling that from their own home. And so, you know, when you look at how do you have, how many people are you going to have in a plant, how much space do you need, all that other stuff, that's the interesting thing down the road of how do you maximize space, constraints, you know, any of those things by using automation. And I think that's where people are going to start thinking about things a little bit differently than they did before.
0: Companies may also be looking to go in new directions. Where can automation help companies find new applications for existing products or develop new product lines? And how can data analytics support and accelerate that growth?
2: One thing I found interesting in in working with a lot of the automation companies that we work with, it's kind of the old adage, right? That if the only tool you have is a hammer, then every problem looks like a nail. And so a lot of our clients, you know, they have developed in particular niches. You know, we talked about Air and Liquid Systems last podcast, and, you know, they're really focused on filtering and eliminating particulate from Air and Liquid. Alliance Automation, the other company we've been speaking about, you know, they do a lot of work with automating of pallet, assembly, disassembly, inspection equipment, things like that. And so you get a lot of these companies that they're so focused on this is what our products do. They might not be looking at the other applications of similar you know, industries or, or similar applications that it might just take a slight tweak or a slight repackaging of what they do. And now it opens up a whole nother market for them. So that's one of the things I think, you know, this the pandemic is a lot of people sat back and saying, OK, this order didn't come in and uh, this order has been delayed. You know, how do we keep people busy? People were able to kind of think about those things and all those things we always you know, thought we would want to look into, but never really had the time to. They got a chance to think about those. And so they could you know, potentially come up with some new uses for technologies they'd already developed. The second thing that they were able to do is really find ways to improve upon their existing technologies. And you know more often than not right now, one way that that's being done is by trying to build in the data analytics, whether it's being built in directly into the product, the overall system, whatever the case may be, um, but trying to make the products better, smarter, faster uh, by having that analytics built into it where it's starting to realize that a component is going bad before it goes bad. So that, uh, you know, I saw a presentation one time where the manufacturer was showing that their particular servo motor, you know, had the intelligence built into it that it could start to, it could start to identify that a bearing was going bad, could communicate right into the company's ERP system, say, Hey, we need to order this part. Part gets ordered, it's delivered, and it's on hand for when the bearing actually fails so they could cut the downtime of that process or that line down because they already know that it's happening. So, you know, really taking those data analytics and thinking about how they might benefit your customer, what are some of the things you could measure or check or understand about your process that would improve your customers, you know, OEE, for example – they can keep their equipment up longer without downtime and therefore more production, et cetera. So that's uh, another area that uh, data analytics can really take what is an existing product and make it better.
0: It might also be time for certain businesses to define company aspirations and get finances in order for future transactions. How should businesses prepare if they're looking to buy or sell in the future? What are some different transaction opportunities to think about?
1: Yeah, so this time, you know, in this pandemic time period, it, it really a lot of times, like, why would I sell my business or why would I buy a business during this time? And that's really a, a great question. You know, we were just talking earlier, you know, when you think about some of the businesses that are out there, one of the big stats is that there's 10,000 baby boomers retiring every day for the next I think it's almost like the next five years or something like that. So there's a lot of, especially in the uh in the CSIA uh group, there's especially some older people that have gone through many ups and downs, been through the two thousand six, seven, you know, been through some of the other recessions that we had, and they don't really want to keep building back up. So it could be a great opportunity for them to potentially sell. Now They also don't want to give away their company. So when thinking about that, there are definitely some things that they need to get a better understanding. They really need to spend some time with their financials, understanding where they're at, but looking at potential opportunities of who might make the most sense that I could get the most money for my business Maybe it's not up front. Maybe it's over time. Maybe they still want to be involved a little bit, but take some chips off the table. So if you're looking at that, it would be, is there opportunities that I can sell my company to a smaller company that has some younger people that want to grow, but they don't have to pay me up front? I'm maybe taking a seller note that pays me off over five years, and I may still be able to work for three to five years as as well. You know, so there's different things that you have to look at it. But the the big thing that we're starting to see some opportunities is those 10 to 25 million dollar companies. During this time, they've gotten some growth. They got good management in place. They really are looking at key opportunities. And a lot of times, they may be able to find these opportunities not by just reading the newspaper or talking to a broker. It's talking to their customers. It's talking to some of their suppliers. Are there different people that might have a need to get out? You know, we look at uh, one of our companies, Alliance Automation. They're in different mode of trying to do joint ventures. They're looking at different opportunities that come up through their customers as well as just other suppliers that they've been dealing with. So you really need to sit down, first with yourself to try to understand it, but also make sure you're getting your advisors involved because there's certain things, especially in this industry, if you're not taking advantage of research credits or being on a percentage of completion basis, your financial statements might not be telling the true story and you might be undervaluing your business. It could go the other way as well. From a buyer's perspective, you're looking at businesses that believe that they're worth a lot more than they are. And from the buyer's perspective, the good thing sometimes is they'll just wait it out and they might be able to pick up that company for, you know, pennies and the dollar later on because they thought they were so much more valued through it. We just had an opportunity to talk to another client recently, and they were talking about, okay, we are thinking about retiring. What is it that we need? What is is the number that we need? You know, we were working with them to try to figure out, what is that number taking your personal balance sheet understanding what you need to to do to live on in the future and what is it that i need from the sale of my company potentially to get me to where that's at and so you know there's a lot of different things that you can do to help figure out you know is it the right time to buy or sell
0: okay we did it great job guys Thanks for listening. This has been the latest episode of the Control Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Townsend, and I've been talking with Brian Perosic and Tim Finnerty from Clayton and McCurvy about what businesses can do now and how to best prepare to hit the ground running once the pandemic is over. If you're just catching this discussion, don't miss part one and two of the series with Clayton McCurvy, And thanks again for joining us.